the death count in the fire on the Hawaiian island of Maui is now up to at least 67. Maui County Mayor Richard T. Bison Jr. says this count is based solely on bodies found outdoors. He warns that as search and rescue teams continue to comb through the ashes, they expect to find a lot more. 11,000 residents on the island of Maui are still without power. The damage was caused by four fires that started on Tuesday. None, as of this morning, have yet to be contained. I'm sorry, did I say it was started by four fires? Uh, the fires were started by ExxonMobil, Shell, Chevron, and British Petroleum. In an interview with the Washington Post, uh, Adam Weintraub, a spokesman for Hawaii's Emergency Management Agency, admitted that a reading of the logs now indicates that no emergency sirens were activated to alert residents at any time during the fire. He said, however, three other emergency alert systems were activated. One uh, alert that issues a warning via radio and television, another through emergency banners on cell phones, and the third through emergency text messages that residents must uh, agree to receive beforehand. Meanwhile, Jeff Bezos and his wife, Lauren Sanchez, have pledged $100 million to help the people of Maui. That would be a little less than the cost of their home there. Very generous, you prick. The Hollywood writer's strike is now more than 100 days old. There are reports that the Writers Guild and the studios are now agreeing to resume negotiations. Hollywood actors have also joined the strike. It is now estimated that this strike has cost the California economy more than $3 billion. 20% of jobs in Los Angeles are either in the entertainment industry or entertainment adjacent Industries that, you know, serve the entertainment industry like Coke dealers, rehab centers, divorce attorneys and paid escorts. On Tuesday, city workers in Los Angeles joined hotel workers who are striking and in effect, they shut the city down for one whole day. Politico reports this morning that Democrats in the California state legislature are considering a bill that would extend unemployment insurance to any workers who go on strike. Imagine that. Imagine the power that would give unions. The bill has yet to be introduced. And, you know, just like Democrats in California, including Governor Gavin Newsom, held out hope that there would be single payer in the state of California, this bill will die without ever being introduced because there is no way Democrats in California would ever agree to subsidize the labor movement the same way they're willing to subsidize homeowners, oil companies, builders, studios, and big ag. Nice try, Democrats. You're fooling nobody. Some good news, at least temporarily, in a four to three decision, the Illinois State Supreme Court upheld that state's ban on the purchase and sale of semi-automatic weapons. The bill specifically targets the AR-15, of which there are now 25 million circulating throughout the country. The AR-15 was used in last year's shooting in the Valde shooting. Remember that? 
19 babies were killed and two teachers. Authorities in Ecuador say they have arrested six Colombian nationals who they suspect were behind the assassination of presidential candidate Fernando Villavenciero. I'm sorry, Villaviencio. I apologize. Fernando Villavicencio. I should have learned the pronunciation. It's disrespectful. The 59-year-old presidential candidate was gunned down on a campaign stop where he pledged to crack down on corruption. The presidential election in Ecuador is scheduled for later this month, while a state of emergency is now in effect. According to reports, the assassin uh, died in police custody following a fight with Villa, Villa, Villasencio's, I'm sorry, security detail. The six Colombian nationals who were arrested are believed to be linked to organized crime and Colombia gangs. And again, my apologies for not learning how to pronounce this gentleman's name. It's disrespectful. Sam Bankman Freed, the founder of the failed FTX cryptocurrency exchange, he's currently on trial for stealing billions from investors. Well, he's sitting in a Manhattan jail this morning. On Friday, Judge Louis A. Kaplan of Federal District Court in Manhattan agreed with prosecutors that Freed was attempting to contact witnesses as well as provide evidence provided to uh, provided to his attorneys. He wanted he was trying to provide that evidence to reporters to kind of spin the story. Now, does that sound familiar? Anybody else? We're afraid is going to do something like that. Judge Kaplan, who told Freed he's no longer free and has to go to jail. Judge Kaplan is the same judge who dismissed Donald Trump's request for a retrial after he lost a five million dollar defamation suit filed by Eugene Carroll. And in handing down that decision, Judge Kaplan reminded Trump that he was found guilty of rape, even though the penal code in New York technically forces juries to call it sexual assault. But Judge Kaplan clarified and said, you were found guilty of rape. Earlier this week, Judge Kaplan threw out Trump's countersuit, suing where he sued Eugene Carroll for defamation. In his ruling dismissing the countersuit, Judge Kaplan once again reminded Donald Trump that he was found guilty of rape, not sexual assault, rape. Donald Trump is a rapist. Don't take my word for it. Just ask the jury in the Eugene Carroll trial or the presiding judge, Judge Kaplan. And because of Judge Kaplan, Bankman Freed is sitting in a jail cell this morning for doing what prosecutors in Donald Trump's election interference trial fear he will try to do. Now, keep in mind, Bankman Freed's trial starts in two months. He was essentially out on bail, like Donald Trump is, not necessarily bail, but a judge can say, not we're putting you behind bars. This is a criminal trial, and I'm putting you behind bars, Mr. President, until you're found innocent. That's the way it works, okay? And Bankman Freed is behind bars this morning because he violated the terms of his bail by contacting the press 
as well as two witnesses. So like tens, if not hundreds of thousands of Americans right now, Bankman Freed is sitting in a jail awaiting trial. You know how Jeffrey Epstein was sitting in a jail awaiting trial. And this could happen to Donald Trump. In a ruling on Friday, Judge Tanya Chutkin sided with special counsel Jack Smith. Uh, She sided with the prosecution in issuing a protective order that forbids Donald Trump from sharing or discussing any witness interviews or recordings that prosecutors are forced to hand over to Trump's attorneys in the discovery phase of the trial. The judge warned Trump that his First Amendment rights do not include witness tampering or contaminating a jury pool. The judge said the, quote, the existence of a political campaign is not going to have any bearing on my decision. She said, this is your job. Running for office is your job. That's all it is. I'm going to keep the politics out of this, she said. Adding Mr. Trump, like everyone else, has a First Amendment right to free speech, but that right is not absolute. Earlier this week, prosecutors asked the judge for a start date of January 2nd. A white Lansing, Michigan police officer handcuffed a 12-year-old black child behind his back while the kid was emptying the garbage for his family. Tashwan Bernard was by the dumpster doing as he was told when the white police officer approached him pointing a gun at the 12-year-old African-American. The police say the 12-year-old African-American child fit the identity of a suspect they were looking for and then added, and I quote, Tashwan Bernard was in the wrong place at the wrong time, unquote. You know, it sounds like that cop was in the wrong place and the wrong time, having the wrong job in the wrong country. Pulling a gun on a 12-year-old child, if you're that frightened, don't be a cop. Meanwhile, police in Kenosha, Wisconsin, are launching an investigation into why a police officer punched a black man who was holding his baby, punched a black man after mistaking him for a suspect in a hit and run accident. The cops ran into an Applebee's restaurant and they were chasing after somebody and they saw a black guy with a baby and they punched him. The assault took place inside an Applebee's restaurant while the black man was sitting there having dinner with his family, holding his baby. Police first tried to take the baby from the black man and try to arrest him. And the victim resisted. Gee, you're, you're a black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The police come in while you're having dinner and grab your baby. You think you're just going to. Oh, yeah, sure. Take my baby. Uh So uh, a white cop, a white cop uh, threw him to the ground. The baby hit his head and uh, the cop continued to punch the black man while he was handcuffing him. The suspects that the cops were looking for, well, they ended up uh, being found inside the restroom, hiding from the cops in the Applebee's. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Kenosha, white, a white cop beating up a black man 
while holding a baby in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Hmm, Kenosha. Hmm, remember Kenosha? That was the scene of a fatal shooting in August of 2021. What would it be? Two years ago, right? When 17-year-old virgin Kyle Rittenhouse, a self-deputized, just self-deputized himself, and he began patrolling the streets of Kenosha with an AR-15 while Black Lives Matter protesters were taken to the street after Kenosha police officer Rustin Chesky, white, shot Jacob Black, Jacob Blake, who is black, a white Kenosha police officer, shot a black man four times in the back and three times in the side. So Black Lives Matter was 2021. Uh, so they uh, protested. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was 2020. Uh, uh, the Virgin, Kyle Rittenhouse, was acquitted in 2021, but he killed the virgin, the virgin Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old virgin Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, shot two Black Lives Matter protesters, killing them and injuring another. This was in 2020. Uh, here is video of the virgin Kyle Rittenhouse being welcomed before he shot the place up. Here he is being welcomed by the white Kenosha police moments before he uh, opened fire. Now, uh, here we go. This is a 17-year-old. Remember, this is a 17-year-old white virgin brandishing an AR-15 during a Black Lives Matter protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Nobody asked him to be there. But, you know, he's white and the Kenosha police are white. And so they see a white 17-year-old virgin brandishing an AR-15, and they automatically assume he's trustworthy. Watch this video. It's my understanding that in Wisconsin, it is illegal for anyone under the age of 18 to own or carry a firearm. I think you have to be 21. But if you're a 17-year-old virgin like Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, I don't think you're allowed to carry an AR-15. But watch this video. See how the police welcomed Kyle Rittenhouse and thanked him. Thank you, white virgin, for keeping Kenosha safe from Black Lives Matter protests. Thank you for your cooperation. We understand what you're doing. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, you're welcome. You guys protecting that building? Yes! This is our business. Thank you. Back by the gas station again. We appreciate it, guys. We really do. That's Kyle Rittenhouse playing cops and Negroes. 
just brought an AR-15 to a Black Lives Matter protest because, you know, uh, he's white. And in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where a black man is holding his baby and gets punched by a cop, it's, you know, you see a white 17-year-old virgin with an AR-15. Perfectly acceptable. Perfectly acceptable. And of course, he was, uh, he was found innocent. Killed two people. Injured one. But Republicans still spread the blood libel that Black Lives Matter protests were violent. Uh, yeah, they were violent when virgins like 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse showed up with an AR-15 and started shooting up the place. Is there a black analog to Kyle Rittenhouse? Is there a Black Lives Matter analog to Kyle Rittenhouse? No. Any black man carrying an AR-15 patrolling the streets of Kenosha uh, or any place during the Black Lives Matter protests? Are there any incidents of a, a black man or black woman or a Black Lives Matter protester uh, shooting anyone during those protests? Can you name any? Can you name one? Uh, this is what they will never teach in Florida public schools Racism is part of law enforcement's DNA. Most of my listeners already know this, but it bears repeating. Before police existed in America, there were slave patrols. That's where the police come from. You can't teach that in Florida. But the first police officers in America were uh, the, the white racists, the slave patrols, being on the lookout for escaped slaves. The Star-Spangled Banner has a verse celebrating the killing of runaway slaves who sided with the British during the War of 1812. Most people don't know that. We don't sing that verse anymore. But uh, our, our national anthem celebrates the killing of runaway slaves. Teach that in your in your public schools in Florida, Ron DeSantis, that our national anthem celebrates the, the killing of runaway sla slaves. Uh, think of that black kid emptying the garbage in Michigan, 12 years old, handcuffed behind the back, cop pointing a gun at him. Think of the black man in Kenosha holding a baby, gets punched and kicked to the ground because he was committing the crime of eating at Applebee's. And now think of this virgin, Kyle Rittenhouse, free to roam the streets, 17, brandishing an AR-15 during a Black Lives Matter protest. I showed you the video, courtesy of the Washington Post, cops thanking, thanking him, great job throwing water, 17-year-old virgin walking around with an AR-15 and the white cops at Kenosha, what, what could go wrong? And then moments later, he murders two Black Lives Matter protesters and, and kills, uh, murders two, injures one. He's acquitted and then he's invited to Mar-a-Lago. Trump met with him after he was acquitted and called him a nice young man. So, you know, if you don't see the racism baked into the American system, you know, you're an ignoramus or a racist, which is synonymous. Racists are ignorami. And that's uh, OK. 
Moving on, get ready for a commercial real estate bust. A downtown office building in San Francisco just sold for 70% less than its estimated market value. The 22-story building in downtown San Francisco is pretty much empty, as are most uh, pieces of commercial real estate around America, thanks to Zoom. And nobody wants to admit this. Nobody wants to admit how empty commercial real estate is in America. Uh, Companies are desperately trying to drag their employees back into these buildings. But, you know, the job market is is tight for if you're hiring and workers are threatening to quit if they have to to work in an office next to farting Bob. Remote work for most jobs is preferable, but it's killing the multi-trillion dollar commercial real estate business. New York City's office vacancy rate is approaching 20%. It's the highest on record. And that's what they're willing to admit. You know, it's this is uh, New York realtors. So, you know how honest they are with their accounting. So if they say it's 20% uh, vacancy, it's probably double. I, I walk the streets of New York. It's a ghost town. And it's only going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. These skyscrapers were essentially built to warehouse white men who came home from the war. And they, you know, guys like my father came home from the war, a little twitchy, you know, and they needed to put on a uniform and report for duty somewhere. You can't have millions of white men uh without warehousing them in these Bauhaus skyscrapers and so they can drink and pretend to work because all the work being done in these skyscrapers is just bullshit. It's really just to prevent uh, warriors who came home who know how to fire a gun. It's to keep them occupied so they don't revolt. Skyscrapers were essentially built to give returning veterans a place to pretend to work for eight hours Uh, So they, you know, drink and uh, and they wouldn't riot. You know, my dad knew how to fire a weapon. He was was trained to kill. He came home from the war. He was a trained killer. You need to placate these guys or they will turn on you. So they built these skyscrapers and said, put on this uniform now and report for duty. Commercial real estate is going to come crashing down because we don't have a draft. We don't have an army of men who need to be placated. You know, if they have problems, we just throw them into the streets. But don't worry. Commercial real estate is going to come crashing down. All these loans are coming due. And don't worry about commercial real estate. This is how it's going to play out. The Fed and Congress will bail out commercial real estate because they're not bailing out commercial real estate. They're bailing out capitalism. And, you know, the news media will go along with that. They'll say, oh, my God, we have to save the the realtors, the same people who lobbied uh, to uh, revoke the the eviction moratorium. Those people remember those people who said 
get rid of the eviction moratorium. We have to start evicting people. Well, we have to use our tax dollars to, to bail these real estate, these landlords out, because if we don't, capitalism will collapse and everyone in America will end up living on the streets. Yes, I know everyone in America is already living on the streets. And, you know, we could turn these empty buildings into homes for the unhoused instead of bailing out Jared Kushner for making risky bets. We could do that, but that would help everybody. That would help everybody. It makes too much sense. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. We have ignored the Hunter Biden story because it's not a story. He's not an elected government official. He is a uh, recovering crack addict. And any emails or business deals that uh, are purportedly linked to the president are immaterial in, in a in a courtroom because it came from the fevered mind of a crack addict. Uh, much of what he said, claimed, wrote in an e email where it was all done under the influence of alcohol, crack and countless other drugs. The laptop, that laptop was uh, destroyed by Rudy Giuliani, the chain of custody because it was in the hands of the alcoholic, maybe the rapist. I think he may be proven to be a rapist. Uh, it was in the hands of Rudy Giuliani, that laptop. And so the chain of custody, there's no way it will ever be entered as material evidence in a trial. So it, all the Republicans have is these show hearings to confuse Americans into thinking, I don't understand any of this, but there must be something there. These are white men in suits and ties, and they're, you know, they're well-respected members of the community. That Jim Jordan is a is a, a congressman. Why would he lie? Uh, because he's a liar. Uh, so there's no there there. If you pay attention to the hearings and why would you? They bring up these witnesses and then the witnesses turn out to be either missing or dead because they never existed or they go behind closed doors and they say, no, President Biden had nothing to do with any of this. But the Republicans, they need to keep the Hunter Biden story alive in the spirit of what about ism? What about ism? Right. What about Biden. What about Biden? You know, we're going to have four criminal trials going at the same time for Donald Trump. And the Republicans are going, well, what about Hunter Biden? What about him? You have no evidence. The laptop will not hold up in court. It's been contaminated by the alcoholic, perhaps the rapist, Rudy Giuliani. So today, Attorney General... Uh, Merrick Garland uh, placated the Republicans and gave them what they wanted. He announced that he would uh, a, appoint a special counsel, David Weiss, to look into the uh, Hunter Biden story. And this infuriated chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan. Uh, he's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He uh, Went to law school, but he couldn't pass the bar. That's why he's a Republican. 
Hunter Biden passed the bar. So did Joe Biden. Uh, Jim Jordan didn't pass the bar because he's stupid. That's why he's a Republican. And he is furious because he was demanding that Merrick Garland, our attorney general, appoint a special counsel to look in to this Hunter Biden story. And he is furious because Merrick Garland did exactly what he asked. He appointed a special counsel on Friday. And, you know, uh, since Biden became president, Jim Jordan carrying water for Donald Trump has been accusing the Biden Justice Department of covering up the crimes of Hunter. Now there's a, a special counsel. Republicans should be happy, right? No, it's a trick. You gave us what we demanded. It's all part of your cover up doing what we demanded for six months. Appointing a Republican, David Weiss, who was appointed by Donald Trump to be the Delaware U.S. attorney so he could look into Hunter Biden. Naming a Trump appointee as the special counsel to look into Hunter Biden is all part of the Biden crime family's cover up. How dare you give us exactly what we demanded? Well, here is the equally stupid Nikki Haley. She's a candidate for the Republican presidential nomination because she's stupid. Here is the very stupid Nikki Haley commenting on Merrick Garland appointing David Weiss, the Trump appointee, as special counsel. Here is the stupid Nikki Haley. I don't trust it. I don't think the American people trust it. I don't think that the American people trust the Department of Justice or anything this is going to do. I think that this was meant to be a distraction. It's not a distraction. I think the Bidens are on a sinking ship. And I think this is our opportunity to make sure not only that we get a new president in the White House, but that we go and we clean house from the Department of Justice while we're at it. It's a, it's a distraction. Appointing a special counsel is a distraction from your distraction. Did I mention that Nikki Haley is stupid? Here is another ignoramus. He's the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer. Uh, he's, responding, he's responding to getting exactly what he wanted. The Biden Justice Department appointing a special counsel to look into Hunter Biden. Here is the angry James Comer, furious that he got what he wanted. Look, I'd vote for impeachment right now. I don't, I don't have to think twice about that. I've already seen enough public corruption that makes me fear uh, for the future of our country. I mean, our president has taken millions, his family's taken millions and millions of dollars from some of the worst people on the planet. <laughs> By the way, he represents Paducah. Can you see that in the background, which also uh, was his nickname growing up? Hey, Paducah, Paducah. That would be James Comer from Paducah. Here's another Paducah, Greg Stubbe. Greg Stubbe, he represents Florida's 17th Congressional District. He's an attorney, a brilliant attorney. And in January of this year, he took a 20 feet fall while cutting tree limbs at his home in Sarasota, Florida. He was out of commission for a couple of weeks, uh, fell off the ladder, 
cutting tree limbs 25 feet to the ground in Sarasota. Well, here he is responding. Republican Greg Stubbe, here he is outraged that Merrick Garland would do exactly what he demanded. Uh, And tomorrow I intend on filing impeachment resolution on Joe Biden for bribery, uh, for extortion, obstruction of justice, fraud, uh, financial involvement in drugs and prostitution. (laughs) Drugs, prostitution, uh, botching Kimberly Gargoyle's limp plumping surgery, botching Lindsey Graham's rectal rejuvenation surgery. You name it. Joe Biden's responsible for it, uh, including me. Uh, he's he, he uh, I landed on my head while I was cutting those trees back in January. And I know I know Joe Biden went in there and uh, pushed the ladder and I fell 25 feet to the ground, obviously on my head. Greg Stube, he's a Paducah. So here's what's going on. This is about trying to make Biden as corrupt as Trump. Right. But it's also about protecting Trump. They're terrified of Trump. They are all carrying Donald Trump's water because he's mind Fuhrer. He's the fascist, the cult leader in the Republican Party, which stands for nothing other than mind Fuhrer. I talked about this yesterday. The Republican platform, the party platform, didn't exist in 2020. It's the first time in Republican history that they didn't have a platform. It was just Trump. This is fascism. And all these henchmen are going out there and protecting mine Fuhrer. This is about lumping David Weiss, and they're all singing from the same hymnal. They're, they're all here. Here's uh, Jim Jordan conducting them, right? They're all singing from the same hymnal, trying to demonize the Justice Department because it's an evil Justice Department. Why? Because they're prosecuting Donald Trump. It's going to have four criminal trials going this year. The only way to protect the criminal, Donald Trump, is to claim the entire justice system is corrupt. And uh, uh, Alvin Bragg in Manhattan is a racist because he's black. And Letitia James, the state attorney general, who's suing him for a couple hundred million dollars in civil court. The attorney general, she's a black woman, so she's a racist. Fawny Willis, the Fulton County District Attorney, she's a racist. There's a deep, dark state, and they're all part of it. And Donald Trump is innocent. The entire Justice Department is out to get him. Everybody's out to get Donald Trump. Georgia, Manhattan, New York State, uh, the federal, they're all out to get this poor man, Donald Trump, because it's a deep, dark state. And because they have absolutely no evidence on Hunter Biden, none, zero, zero, uh, they're upset. Republicans are upset that there's actually going to be a special counsel. They're upset that Merrick Garland called their bluff and said, okay. David Weiss, he's the Delaware U.S. attorney appointed by Donald Trump. I'm going to make him the special counsel. And they know the Republicans know he's not going to find anything the same way the Durham investigation found nothing. Remember the Durham investigation? We're going to look into the corrupt Obama administration and how they 
illegally launched an investigation into Russiagate. Remember the Durham investigation? You know what happened during the Durham investigation? Durham was traveling with Bill Barr in Italy, and they were trying to expose how Obama's uh, deep, dark state headed in for Donald Trump. And you know what they discovered in Italy? They discovered another crime committed by Donald Trump. And Durham and Barr said, no, 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 we're not here looking for that. We're not here looking for any of Donald Trump's crimes. We're here to uh, look for uh, evidence that the Justice Department and the FBI was weaponized <laughs> by Barack Obama. But if you have any evidence of a crime committed by Donald Trump, uh, we're not interested. We're trying to prove that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton politicized the Justice Department. So please keep any dirt you have on Donald Trump to yourself. So, yeah, they're, they're upset because they know that David Weiss is going to look into Hunter Biden and find nothing the same way Durham found nothing on Obama and Hillary. The Republicans hate America. They love Donald Trump. They fear Donald Trump more than they love America. And that's how fascism works. We are talking about fascism. This is now a cult around a violent man, Donald Trump, who offers nothing other than self-aggrandizement and the satisfaction, the satisfying uh, demented people's bloodlust. That's all he that's all he offers. Uh, they they their their M.O. now is to challenge independent institutions. Go to protectdemocracy.org. It's part of the authoritarian playbook. It's right up there. This is how fascists seize power. They challenge independent institutions, the IRS, any any respected institution that's nonpartisan. They challenge it. The Justice Department, right? They challenge the sanctities of our courts. Uh, they try to trick the angry, violent mob into believing that it's the Justice Department that's criminal, not the man running our party. That's that's the move. That's how all fascists, Orban, Bolsonaro, Hitler, 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 and Hitler, Mussolini, Franco, and Hitler. That's how they rise to power in a decaying republic. This is how they do it. Did I mention Hitler? The man Trump has studied Hitler. He kept Mein Kampf on his nightstand. That's not a joke. Google that. He used to read the speeches. He studied Hitler. Well, uh, the legal fees are catching up with our Donald Trump. The New York Times is reporting uh, just how much these three criminal indictments and, of course, the new indictments in Georgia on the way. They report how much it's costing Trump all the money, all the money is going to the lawyers. If you donate to Donald Trump, the money goes to his lawyers. Here's the headline from 
Tomorrow's New York Times spiraling legal bills threaten Trump with a cash crunch. The former president's political orbit, including the super PAC that backs him, is already spending more than it is taking in an unusual trajectory this far out from an election. This is not good for mein Fuhrer. Let's continue. All told, the political committees that Mr. Trump directly controls, along with the independently operated super PAC devoted exclusively to helping him, are spending more than they raised so far in 2023, largely because of his legal expenditures, the filings show. It's uh, at the end of July, they had to reveal their finances to the FEC. So let's continue. This is from The New York Times. This is interesting. According to The New York Times, those entities brought in $67.2 million in new donations in the first half of the year and spent about $90 million in the same period. Most of the money that went to legal fees did not come from new donations, the records show. Save America, the PAC doing the bulk of the legal spending, raised much of its funds in the aftermath of the 2020 election and plunged $16 million into legal expenses in 2022. It's near it's nearly been bled dry. And it's not just legal fees that they're using. It's $115,000 for Melania's stylist. Uh, this is the billionaire who's bilking the donors because he's not a billionaire. We've talked about this. He has no money. He's raising cash from his stupid donors and he's spending it on lawyers for himself or any associate who promises not to rat him out. And then what's left, he's spending on suits and vacations. He has no money. Everything he makes goes to the Russian oligarchs who he owes money to. We all know this. Republicans are failures. They present themselves as smart businessmen, but they're horrible businessmen. Even though they're crooks, even though they steal, they're still broke. One of my listeners uh, said to me, uh, wrote in, they said, how is it possible that Trump owned all these casinos and he still had to declare bankruptcy? I went, yeah, how is that? Like casinos? How does a casino lose money? Well, uh, somebody's skimming off the top. Who would that be? Republicans are pretty much incompetent, racist, sadistic drug addicts, con men, sexually dysfunctional rapists. Uh, and I'm just describing the Trump White House. But let's talk about Ron DeSantis, shall we? Uh, the Brandonton Herald in Florida, it's a newspaper, the Brandonton Herald in Florida, did an expose on Governor Ron DeSantis's pick for Florida's affordable housing director. Florida's affordable housing director. Now, it's impossible to buy a home in Florida. It has the highest rents in, in America. OK, and so Ron DeSantis in January picked a guy to run the affordable housing department. This is the guy who allocates billions of state and federal dollars to provide housing for the poor. And you know how much Ron DeSantis cares about housing the poor. That's all he cares about. So he he named in January 
Mike DiNapoli. Uh, he comes from a it comes from the wealth management sector of New York City, which means wealth management. It means you find wealthy people and you transfer their money into your pocket. So that's how finance works in New York City. They call it wealth management, but you're managing your wealth. You're stealing somebody else's wealth for your own. So Mike DiNapoli was fired by UBS. They're a big investment bank. Uh, according to the Brandon Herald, uh, Mike DiNapoli was fired after a customer accused him of stealing her money and forging her name on a check. And I don't know if he went to prison for that. No, you don't go to prison for that. Uh, uh, right. George Floyd was accused of passing a counterfeit 20. He was black, so he got a knee on his neck. But George, uh, Mike DiNapoli is accused of stealing somebody's money and forging uh, his, her name on a check. Uh, I don't think he went to prison and he ended up owing money to a lot of people who he borrowed from. His bank accounts were seized. He uh, couldn't pay the mortgage on his 10 acre horse farm in Florida. Couldn't even make the home association fees. And uh, 2017, this Republican who worked in wealth management filed for bankruptcy because he He's a wealth manager and a Republican. Who better to be put in charge of Florida's Housing Finance Corp? That's uh, that's the state bureaucracy that uh, administers Florida's affordable housing dollars. Governor Ron DeSantis likes to surround himself with smart people. He put DiNapoli in charge of that agency in January and last month. Uh, he uh, had to step down temporarily while the uh, Florida Inspector General investigates. That's Ron DeSantis's pick uh, to run uh, the Affordable Housing Agency for Florida. Three campaign reshuffles since May. Three. Governor Ron DeSantis really knows how to surround himself with white men, doesn't he? Why don't you make uh, Kyle Rittenhouse the head of your affordable housing agency in Florida? He's a stupid white man, too. Things are not going well for uh, for the bully, Ron DeSantis. He had to stop talking in Iowa Friday morning. Uh, Trump supporters with cowbells and a bullhorn started drowning him out, screaming, go home to Florida, Pudding Fingers. That's his nickname, Pudding Fingers, because there's video of him eating pudding with his hands. Here is the bully, the racist bigot, the fascist Ron DeSantis being bullied in Iowa Friday morning. He, he had to cut short his speech. He was drowned out by uh, Trump supporters enjoy a bully being bullied. Go, 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 go
This is what fascists do. They send their thugs out to disrupt the campaigns of other fascists. Prosecutors are now coming after Trump. They are. They are. And he's going broke from the legal fees. I'm optimistic. I am. I think it's going to be a dangerous 2020. He's a cornered rat and they're dangerous when they're cornered. But prosecutors are coming after Trump on the state level, not just the federal government, but the state level, Georgia. I'll talk about Georgia momentarily. And we've talked about the phony elector scheme, which played a prominent role in special counsel Jack Smith's indictment of Donald Trump for election interference. We've talked about the Michigan State Attorney General indicting the phony slate of electors. Well, in Wisconsin, there is a civil suit that's been filed against the 10 phony Republican electors in Wisconsin who sent their alternative slate to Congress on January 6th. That's defrauding the United States government. So uh, there's no criminal trial yet in Wisconsin, but there are uh, two Democrats who served as legitimate electors and a voter who are suing these phony electors for $2.4 million in, in, a, in the civil courts. They want $2.4 million and they want a judge to ban the phony electors from ever running as electors again. Uh, also named in the civil suit is Harvard Law School graduate Kenneth Cheesebro, who is believed to be one of Trump's co-conspirators. Uh, he's waiting to be indicted uh, for the memos he wrote. Kenneth Cheesebro wrote these memos explaining to Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani how the phony elector scheme could be implemented. And on Thursday... A Wisconsin judge refused to dismiss the case, which is now expected to go to trial on September 3rd of 2024. Well, as I mentioned earlier, the Michigan, uh, Michigan Attorney General, Dana Nessel, she's a Democrat. Last month, she charged 16 Republicans with felonies for their fake elector scheme in Michigan. All of them have pleaded not guilty but they are beginning to flip. They're saying they're innocent, that they are victims of fraud, that the Trump lawyers uh, fooled them into signing things that they didn't know they were signing. Michigan State Representative Matt Maddock, he's a Republican. Michigan State Representative Matt Maddock is a Republican, and his idiot wife, was one of the phony electors indicted by Michigan's state attorney general last month. She was a phony elector. So Maddock hosted a fundraiser to help the uh, help pay the legal fees for the 16 defendants, including his idiot wife. In a speech caught on audio, Maddock told the crowd for this fundraiser, quote, if the government continues to weaponize these departments against conservatives and the citizens and the taxpayers, what's going to happen to our country? Does anyone have any idea if this doesn't stop? 
someone's going to go, someone's going to get so pissed off, they're going to shoot someone. Now, according to the recording, Matta continued, or we're going to have a civil war or some sort of revolution. That's where this is going. Right. So it's uh, the threat of violence. This is how fascists always work. They they're out of options. They when they're cornered, they blame the, the, the prosecutors. You know, they're big on law and order, but there's a deep, dark state coming to get them when they break the law. And now they're threatening civil war. You know, they're warning civil war. It's always implied. Donald Trump will always say, you know, if you indict me, it'll tear the country apart. My people, uh, my people aren't going to stand for it. In about two weeks, Fonnie Willis is expected to hand down a new set of criminal indictments. She's the Fulton County District Attorney, and she's going to, looks like, charge Donald Trump with election interference. There's some RICO predicates we hear. She's a big fan of prosecuting criminals uh, using the RICO predicates, using RICO laws. Now, I cannot stress this enough. Uh, If these indictments are handed down, and it's all up to a grand jury that has been convened for next week, where Fulton County DA Fawny Willis will present her findings. If these indictments are handed down, Donald Trump and 19 other people have been notified that they may might be indicted. Rudy Giuliani. Uh, I'm hoping uh, it's also uh, Lindsey Graham. Um, and she'll probably indict all the phony electors. If these indictments are handed down, uh, here's my prediction. We will be looking at the trial of the century. This will be the trial of the century. This, I believe, will be bigger than Trump's criminal trials in Manhattan, Miami, and Washington, D.C. I believe it has the potential to be as big, if not bigger, than the O.J. trial. Here's why. Criminal trials in Georgia can be televised. So if it's televised... Well, think O.J. This is about race. It's about violence. It's about Trump. It's bigger than O.J. It's bigger than the O.J. trial. It has all the ingredients of the O.J. trial and then some. Like I said, federal trials cannot be televised. Uh, And in Georgia... Criminal trials can be televised. The The sheriff for Fulton County said no niceties here. If Trump is indicted, mugshots. And please remember the mugshot. I'm going to talk about this uh, in a little while. Uh, sparing Donald Trump the mugshot. Sparing him the perp walk. I want to talk about that. Because if there's a mugshot and there's a perp walk, you know, last in in Miami when he was uh, arraigned and arrested, when he was arrested in Washington, D.C., when he was arrested in Manhattan, 
We didn't see it. They negotiated, so we didn't see him because it makes him look weak. Okay? He does not want to look weak. So, if he's on trial, if there's a mugshot, if there's a perp walk, uh, this is bad for him. His supporters are going to smell weakness. Uh, Plus, there's an African-American female prosecutor who Trump keeps calling a racist. (laughs) It, It takes this trial will take place in Georgia where race informs all aspects of the criminal justice system, as well as politics. Stacey Abrams, Herschel Walker, Brian Kemp, these these races are racially charged. A lot of voter suppression in Georgia. It's it would be a blue state if Brian Kemp didn't scrub 50,000 African-Americans from the voting rolls when he was secretary of state of Georgia. And uh There wasn't all this voter suppression that goes on with voter IDs. Georgia is a blue state if they allowed people to vote. This will be the trial of the century, especially because we'll be able to understand it. We'll be able to watch it on television and it will be fascinating and edifying because it's localized. It will take place in a courtroom in Atlanta And the case will not be complicated. It's localized. They will drill down specifically down into the key components of Trump's conspiracy to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Pretty much everything Trump did, except for inciting a riot on January 6th, he did in Georgia. And so this trial will highlight every facet of his conspiracy, and it will be clarifying since it will be told uh, through the prism of how his conspiracy affected one state and a handful of election officials, the mother and the daughter who are suing Rudy Giuliani, those, the, the mother and the, the African-American election workers, I think in coffee, I, I can't remember what city, but uh, there's a defamation suit, they'll be brought in uh, the way Rudy Giuliani referred to them. Uh, So by localizing this trial, it will shed light on the larger crime. Trial of the century. Trial of the century. If it's televised, if if Trump is indicted in Georgia and it looks like he's going to be and cameras are allowed in the courtroom, it will be a circus bigger than OJ. It will be combustible, fraught with political and judicial landmines that will have long term consequences that will be played out on the streets, the courtroom and in November of 2024, the voting booths. This is going to be huge. This is going to be huge. Trump knows this. Trump knows this. So he's already trying to stir up a mini January 6th using race. We talked about this yesterday. 
he's attacking Fonnie Willis. He's going for her. He knows that Georgia, you may not be familiar with Georgia and the South, but uh, there might be a few white racists living in Georgia. I don't know if you know that. Uh, and Trump knows that. And he's trying to incite a race riot, basically. He wants the the imbeciles, the white imbeciles, to, to storm the courthouse after uh, he's indicted. Here he is on Newsmax. I played this yesterday. Here he is with Eric Bowling parroting uh, the talking points against Fawny Willis, one in particular. So this is... Trump and uh, Eric. Bo Here's Eric Bowling parroting Trump's talking points. What are your thoughts of her? Because there's some discussion that she may have some questionable background. I, you know, there's some her father may or may not have been in Black Panther. I think that was discussed. Right. I love this. Her father may or may not have been a Black Panther. Uh, we it's been discussed. Um, Eric Bowling, his penis may have been severed in a farming accident. Uh, may or may not have happened. It's been discussed by me just now. So they've decided to accuse Fonny Willis of having a father who's a Black Panther. This is, you know, a litany of racially tinged allegations. Uh, one of my listeners wrote and said something, and I, I she said, uh, Clarence Thomas was a Black Panther. And I went, damn it. I forgot that Clarence Thomas was a Black Panther. So uh, thank you to the listener. And here's a little Clarence Thomas history. Clarence Thomas, black nationalist. Okay, here we go. A little history lesson. Thank you to my listener. He wrote in his book entitled My Grandfather's Son after Dr. King and Bobby Kennedy were assassinated. He said, surely the time for politeness and nonviolent protest was over. Look, what it had done for Dr. King and Bobby Kennedy. Justice Clarence Thomas writes in his book, and the angrier I became, the more injustice I saw. And the more I read about the black power movement, the more I wanted to be a part of it. We drank our way to Harvard Square, where our disorderly parade deteriorated into a full-scale riot. Uh, there was rioting, at Harvard, he wasn't going to Harvard at the time, but one of the worst riots that has ever taken place uh, in, in Cambridge, Clarence Thomas was there, drunk and disorderly, rioting. Okay, let's continue. This is from uh, a Frontline documentary that came out in May that I recommend. It's entitled Clarence and Ginny Thomas, Politics, Power, and the Supreme Court. They talk about Clarence Thomas, black nationalist. Uh, came out May 9th, 2023. You can 
Watch it online for free. Frontline is great. His friend, Gordon Davis, who attended Holy Cross with Clarence Thomas before Clarence went to Yale Law School, Gordon Davis tells Frontline he definitely was inspired by the Black Panthers. He dressed like them. He talked like them. He had a beret. He had army fatigues. And he had the army boots. You know, I'm beginning to uh, like Clarence Thomas, right? Nothing wrong with the Black Panthers. Uh, Here we go. More. Frontline. Gordon Davis says, all right, we already did that, didn't we? What are you doing to me? All right. And uh, he had a hero. This is what the the narrator for Frontline says. He says that Clarence Thomas had a hero, Malcolm X. He had a poster of Malcolm X in his dorm room. More from Frontline. His friend Stephen F. Smith said in the Frontline documentary, Justice Thomas boasted at one point he had read all of Malcolm X's speeches. And he said at one time he could quote you some of them by heart. So he really did pay attention to Malcolm X. Clarence Thomas. So they're denigrating Fonnie Willis because her father may or may not have been a Black Panther, like that has anything to do with anything. But we know that the darling of the racist white Republican Party, Clarence Thomas, identified with Malcolm X and the Black Panthers. I wonder if he'd get 737 Luxury vacations from white billionaires and millionaires, if they knew that. People don't change, right? If Fawny if Willis's father might have been a Black Panther, then Fawny Willis is a Black Panther. People don't change. And, and so if, if Clarence Thomas was a black nationalist who worshipped Malcolm X... And identified with the Black Panthers, he's still a Black Panther. So let's uh, apply the same lo- logic and reasoning as the Republican attack machine. Okay? Clarence Thomas, once a Black Panther, always a Black Panther. Thank you to my listener who reminded me uh, of that. This is the Trump playbook. Lie. Lie. To stir up violence when you're out of options. He's out of options now. He's trying to stir up a race riot. He's out of options. Win through intimidation. Say anything. Use race. Use violence. That's how he's going to try to win in Georgia. Through violence in the streets. So I'm going to close. But I want to talk about uh, violence being the only option that Donald Trump has left right now. Uh, There is violence that circulates throughout the Republican Party, and you need to be reminded of how violent 
uh, the Republican Party is, and especially the people who Trump surrounds himself with. These are violent people. Uh, you know, at the speech on the ellipse on January 6th, the imbeciles had trouble getting to the front to see uh, Mein Fuhrer because they had to go through the magnetometers. It, you all know this. I've talked about this. They were all carrying weapons on January 6th. And Trump was furious. He goes, where are my people? Where are my people? And he goes, well, we're having problems, Mr. President. They're, they're going through metal detectors and they have guns and knives. Let them in. They're, he literally said, let them in. Those guns are not for me. They're not going to shoot me. That's what he said. We can't imagine somebody this dangerous and this violent. He's a rapist. You have to remember he's a rapist. Different animal, different animal. And he surrounds himself with violent men because he's comfortable around violent men. On yesterday's show, I talked about Stephanie Grisham and she was a, a White House press secretary for uh, Melania. And then she became Donald Trump's press secretary. This is important to remember. She uh was she claimed that Max Miller, who also worked in the Trump White House, uh, she was dating him and he grew violent and threw her against the wall. She reported this to the, the White House chief of staff, uninterested. A lot of stuff came out about Max Miller, uh, history of drunk driving, violence. He ran for Congress in Northeast Ohio last year, Trump came out and supported him. And he's now a congressman. Max Miller is now a congressman. And Stephanie Grisham, she she's not taking it back. She stands by it. And Google Max Miller and look look at his history of drinking and brawling and driving. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, the Meeskite, Kellyanne Conway, we talked about her yesterday. And uh, just want to remind you that within a month of her being the White House press spokesman, they were getting rid of, uh, they wanted to get rid of Obamacare. And she said, those on Medicaid who will lose health insurance can always get jobs. Right? They were always trying to repeal Obamacare. And, and Kellyanne Conway said, uh, those on Medicaid who will lose health insurance can always get jobs. Anyway, she's violent. And we talked about her daughter. We talked about her daughter in uh, 2020, August, 2020, August 23rd of 2020. The daughter uh, was a... You know, part of the resistance, anti-Trump, anti-mom. She wrote, you all have to twist everything. Uh, she has to be she has to be emancipated from Kellyanne. Uh, she was underage and she wanted to be freed from her mother. And she tweeted, I'm not getting emancipated because of my mom's job. It's because of years of childhood trauma and abuse. Right. We talked about. Kellyanne Conway, the kind of mother she turned out to be here. This is from New York Magazine. Kellyanne Conway is reportedly under police investigation. I talked about this yesterday. 
that the daughter uh, called 911 the, the night that Biden was inaugurated. She felt safe and uh, she accused her mom of hitting her and being emotionally abusive. There was an investigation. Nothing came of it because Kellyanne Conway is an attorney. And so is the idiot husband, George Conway, who is not a Democrat. Please. The husband is a bigger Republican than she is. We talked about Mark Kazowitz, Trump's attorney, who couldn't get security clearance while he was representing Trump during uh, Russiagate because of the drinking on the job, the brawling and the fighting and a, an unseemly past, right? We talked about Corey Lewandowski and uh, Trump's first campaign manager, right? History of violence and uh, accusations of sexual harassment and possibly sexual assault, uh, being arrested for being physically abusive towards women. Okay, first campaign manager. We talked about Rob Porter, Harvard Law School's. Uh, he was the White House staff secretary, important job in the White House, right? All the documents go through Harvard Law School, Rob Porter, who had to uh, resign because the FBI couldn't give him a security clearance. Uh, two of his ex-wives, young man, two ex-wives, both stepped forward and talked about the physical abuse, uh, black eyes and bruises. So he stepped aside. But there he is in the White House. And this is Boris Epstein. He's a uh, an investment banker. He's an attorney. And he was strategic advisor to Donald Trump in 2016, 2020. He's kept a close relationship with uh, Donald Trump. Uh, he uh, has a history of uh, violence in, in 2014. He was charged with misdemeanor assault. He got into a fight at a bar, seems to get into trouble at bars, likes to drink. Uh, he agreed to undergo anger management counseling and perform community service. So the charges were dropped. Well, while uh, in 2021, he was in Arizona in August and he was at a nightclub. And uh, this was October 10th, 2021. Uh, in October 10th, 2021, he was arrested at a nightclub. Three of the four charges ended up being dismissed. He pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct and disruptive behavior or fighting and he was given probation uh, and he was remanded to alcohol treatment. He was accused, however, of groping women, of feeling them up, of stalking them sexually at a nightclub in Arizona in 2021. So why am I talking about this? Well, I'm going to show you him being arrested. Most of you have already seen it, but. Fonnie Willis uh, is up against a bully, Donald Trump. Uh, 
And I would never want to be, I don't have the courage to do what Phony Willis does. So I don't know if I'm correct here. But I suspect, because I'm going to show you Boris Epstein being arrested, what, what they look like when they're being arrested. It's very humiliating. The image of Donald Trump getting a mugshot, being handcuffed, like the rest of us are, it's especially demeaning. It suggests to his imbeciles who follow him, well, maybe he's not as powerful as he lets on, right? The, this, the image of him being uh, detained will be very powerful, I think, and will diffuse some of his power. Uh, we have Judge Shutkin, who on Friday told Donald Trump, you cannot share any of the information that the prosecutors are now giving to your attorneys during the discovery phase. Okay? And she warned him there will be consequences if you violate this protective order for the evidence. There are recordings that we're giving to your attorneys as evidence that we have to show, that they have to show. There are uh, transcripts of interviews with witnesses that the prosecutors now have to turn over because it's, it's, uh, it's called Brady something. I forgot. It's a Brady motion or a Brady. The prosecutors have to give, if, if you're being charged by the state, Prosecutors have to turn over every single shred of evidence they have on you before the trial begins. Uh, they can't spring evidence on you during the trial. It's a Brady something, Brady ruling or something. Uh, the problem that uh, Jack Smith is up against is Trump is going to look at the evidence and start intimidating witnesses and leaking to the media and using the evidence for political advantage to contaminate the jury pool. This is why Bankman freed. This is why Judge Kaplan today put Bankman freed behind bars. Bankman freed was found to be witness tampering, calling witnesses, leaking some of the evidence that was given to the defense attorneys during the discovery phase, leaking the government's evidence to reporters. And Judge Kaplan said, locking you up, buddy. You're now behind bars. Trial starts in two months. You're going to sit in a prison. Judge Chutkin can lock up Donald Trump. And I think that's a good idea. I think it's a good idea for Trump's supporters to see him locked up, just like everybody else. And I have a feeling most of his Republican challengers, they'll bitch and moan about that, but they would, they would like to see that. We would all like to see that. And I have a feeling Donald Trump would like to see that. You know, when they caught... Uh, uh, who was the, the handsome serial killer in Florida? I, I can't remember his name. Uh, when, they, when they catch serial killers, they go, oh, thank God, it's over. 
I think if you handcuffed Donald Trump and locked him up, the first thing out of his mouth, he'd say, finally, it's over. It's over. He keeps pushing. You know, he's never been punched in the face and he's never been he's never been arrested. You know, he's been arrested three times this year, but he's never spent a night behind bars. Uh, he wants this all to stop. Trump is miserable. He would be very grateful to have this all come to an end and and have a restful sleep in prison. So I have no idea how to prosecute this fascist. I don't think this is Hitler after the beer hall pooch. Uh, Hitler spent some time in prison and got popular, but it took close to a decade after his prison sentence for him to rehabilitate his image. Trump doesn't have time to be rehabilitated. It will be humiliating to see him arrested before the trial even starts. He will look weak. And that's good. That's good for the country. That's how you win. It will deflate him in the eyes of the imbeciles who think he's so strong and powerful. That is Trump's legal team. Uh, and that's Boris Epstein whispering into uh, Rudy Giuliani's ear. Bor Boris is a big, uh, he's a lawyer. He was there in Manhattan when Trump was arraigned by Alvin Bragg and was arrested. There's Boris Epstein. He openly admits to being part of the phony elector scheme. He said there was nothing wrong with it. It was perfectly legal. I was taking my orders from Rudy Giuliani. He openly admits that he was part of the phony elector scheme and helped orchestrate it. There is there are six, five co-conspirators, no, six, five of them are lawyers. We don't know who the sixth one is, but they think it's Boris Epstein. They think it's him. So I'm going to play you a minute of his arrest. Big, this is a big shot, Boris Epstein. Uh, look at what a little whiny bitch he is when the police arrested him in 2021 after he was accused of groping women in a bar. Watch how subservient and compliant Mr. Tough Guy is. Interesting, isn't it? How weak these bullies are. 
these fascists and the image of Boris Epstein, if, you know, the more you look at that, you go, eh, not so tough, not so tough. They obey the law. They threaten that they think they're above the law, but we're a police state. And Boris Epstein knows it. He's a lawyer. He knows this is a police state. You think less of him. If you're if you're an imbecile, a MAGA imbecile, and you see Trump's lawyer handcuffed, you think less of Boris Epstein and you think less of Trump. I would like to see Donald Trump put in jail before the trial even takes place. If he mouths off and doesn't obey the protective order that Judge Chutkin issued, uh, I think a lot of his supporters will lose respect uh, seeing him handcuffed. And that will open up a slot on the debate stage. And my Republican is entrepreneur Perry Johnson. We'll end with my favorite Republican, the next president of the United States, Perry Johnson. God bless the United States of America in every way. Let's let Iowa continue to be number one. Let's do it. Let us do it now. 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 Yes. Boy, I almost fell off. I love Perry Johnson, American entrepreneur. He loves this country. Vote for Perry Johnson. I'm, I'm going to change. I'm going to become a Republican and vote for Perry Johnson. We need him now more than ever. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. 